Sanctum Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Sharp Jr. Thank you so much for all of your support on this first series of Sanctum. Thank you so much. It's been incredible and makes me really happy. I mean, I'm, I was going to keep doing this either way, um, <laughs> but it's good to know that, you know, people are listening and people are looking forward to this and that, you know, there's been so much support around this podcast and it really makes me happy. Um, but yeah, we continue. Today, um, I'm joined by my friend uh, Evelyn. She and I have known each other for quite some time. We're going to be talking about grief and toxic positivity. Um, yeah, I'm going to let her introduce herself first, and then we will hop into the conversation. Enjoy. Hey, Stephen. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm so excited for your new venture. I think that this is very fitting for you. And I'm really grateful that you asked me to be on this podcast. Um, Stephen and I go way back, friends in New York, um, but we've always kind of crossed paths creatively with photography or just as, you know, Instagram influencing work and things like that. Um, and I work as a brand strategist in a city and I just have always admired what Stephen does. And I'm just really excited to get to talk on a deeper level about toxic positivity and grief today. I put up the Instagram post not long ago about, you know, not feeling it about the holidays <laughs> and having this, this feeling of, you know, disingenuousness. And then you made a beautiful comment in talking about grief and toxic positivity. And I think we, it's not something that we would associate with what we've been experiencing we always we're we always talk about when i say we i mean like the societal we um talk about this year as being very traumatic and that's kind of the direction i've always taken it but i think there's a part that we're missing this grief process we're grieving so many things but yeah you i want to hear your (laughs) i want to hear your take on it so it actually kind of started with thinking about 9-11 which is a very morbid way to start this conversation, but how important it was in 9-11 for people in New York City, especially to grieve together. Collective grief is what uh, it's been coined as in the way that people, you know, put family members on posters and put them on Union Square and Central Park trees and just everywhere. And people would just come together and acknowledge death and acknowledge pain together. And there's something so powerful about just letting people grieve publicly Mm. and for it to be accepted and for COVID-19 I feel like especially in New York there was none of that exhale there was just this massive inhale of all of this trauma all this grief and then there was no moment to just say I see you I mean there were there were moments of clapping for for healthcare workers there are moments of patting a friend on the back, but there was no like collective as a culture, as a country moments of grieving. It was just headline to headline. Where are we going? Roller coaster only ever steeping upward and then back down again. And there was no like evening out moment. So then for us to have this collective joy thing come along holidays where we're supposed to then all of a sudden all decorate our houses and share some neighborly homely type feeling together it's like well at first you didn't you didn't like hug me and acknowledge 
or hug me like metaphorically and acknowledge the grief. So how can I then celebrate? You know, it's like losing a family member and that Christmas being different. I feel like that's the whole country. A lot of people lost family members or lost a dream or lost what was supposed to happen this year, lost weddings, lost funerals. And for there not to be a moment of acknowledging that, I think that is where I'm stemming from when it comes to toxic positivity, because the temptation is to then say, well, we'll just power through this and move on to the next thing. And that is such a toxic way to handle yourself or handle other people. Um, Grief, if it's transformed into something else too quickly, it's no longer grief. Like grief has to be fully reckoned with. And I think there's a temptation in certain spheres that I'm in to quickly stop anything that's uncomfortable, like grief, because grief is uncomfortable and, and say like, well, no, let's just, let's just go to hope. Let's just go to believing for the best. Let's just go to the next thing or the next possibility. There's always more out there. There's a purpose in this pain. And I'm like, cut the crap. And I believe all of that. I do, but I have to sit with this grief first for it to be fully reckoned with. Like I need the moment in the grave, like the, the, the point of death and, and not try to resurrect it too quickly or turn it into the next thing or else it's not grief. So I could go on 20 more tangents, but that's how this all started. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely love what you said. And, you know, this, um, I feel like I'm still discovering even how I process it. Um, but in the, in the, in the light of people wanting to change it into something else before they experience grief. It's almost like a fear, like we've developed a fear of like an expectation of what grief looks like. Um, There's like a a template, like you should, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, the ash on the head, the wearing of black, the weeping and crying and puffy eyes and just the overall somberness, but not everyone grieves that way. Probably most of us don't even know how we grieve, but we do know how to celebrate. We do know how to be positive and do all these things. But that 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 feeling of loss, um, that is that is it. That is an emotion, and it it has to go somewhere. Whether it'll either reside in the body and cause some problems, or it'll be expelled, and we need to expel it. It doesn't go away just because we're like slap on a smile put up your motivation quotes on your desktop and soldier forward <laughs> like we're not robots we gotta yeah. it still lingers and it affects like under and it'll come out if we if it we, if we do not let it out it will come exactly. out exactly that, that that's something i put in that comment want. was like the mustering of energy towards anything i believe is toxic positivity because you can't you can't force energy you, you really can't like you have to like let it be what it is and I love what you're saying about it it will come out in other ways <laughs> because it truly would and it will be or it'll be locked up in you and cause all kinds of issues so talking about how people process grief for me I've been on this journey especially through vocal lessons of trying to like tap into a different part of my body to sing more freely and my coach who's amazing his name's David he was just telling me like you have no idea how much locked up emotion you have because it's like in layers in your body. Like you're trying to sing from this deep place, but I can't even get through the stuff that I'm holding in my chest or in my, my, my diaphragm. And it was, it's been so helpful for him to say, like, you need to breathe and dynamically relax 
And that is your way through these deep emotions or deep grief. It's not gonna be through belting and singing at the top of your lungs because you'll literally hurt your vocal cords in your throat. And that is so such a good metaphor for how we as people, if we force ourselves like belting our way through life, we're gonna end up hoarse and not the mm-hmm. best versions of ourselves. I mean, that's why I ended up kind of getting into mental health in general was, you know, I realized that I was belting through life. If I saw a mountain, I was like, let's barrel through the mountain. Let's, we don't need to climb. I know other people climb, but not I. And <laughs> just kind of literally barrel through. And if you keep doing that, it'll work. It will work. And it did work for me. But when you hit a wall, like I hit a wall, and you can't barrel through it anymore because you are so sore and battered and cut up, then you're like, I I need help. This is where but, you yeah. need help to heal. Then you won't be able to actually enjoy the things you're meant to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like I've watched uh, some of my sisters go through adrenal fatigue. It's just so common in women, especially... Wow. If I push through a certain type of stress at a certain rate, I will completely be drained and then not be able to actually feel that the other good energy, the excitement and, and put my heart into the things I love the same way anymore and have a distaste almost for the things that I actually am passionate about. Mm. And that is the worst thing to happen with toxic positivity is because you've put your energy towards pushing through this one thing that actually blocks your energy from going to to all the things you love. Yeah. And what a scary place to be in where you don't even, you're like, who am I anymore if I don't love this thing that I've always loved? One of the ways I'm processing, how I'm processing the grief of this season is you know, releasing myself with these expectations of what things will look like. The resistance to the things that are happening around me and around us in general is what creates stress. Like it's what, you know, creates this, like this feeling of anxiety, this, you know, but if we are just like, you know what, can only manage so many things at one time, real coming to terms with my own capacity worked so well like you know over Thanksgiving I pretty much just stayed home I cooked you know meals that you know bring me comfort and bring me joy and you know made me think of my parents made me think of my mom like cooking in the kitchen and like and then you know just did some work like and it felt I don't know it I was the most productive day that that I've had in a while and I'm like you know, I kind of just like this whole roll with the punches type of situation. Like it's, and, but I also want to say that, you know, we can still experience joy. We can tap into it when we need to. Um, It's not like, it's not, it's not a light switch that we can just flick on and off. Like it's purely like, it is a running live wire and we can like tap into it and we can tap out. (laughs) I love that. It's like viewing joy as available. So you almost like you know, those posters around New York that we see, it's like, take what you need. Yeah. And like joy is one of the little <laughs> pieces of paper you can rip off and take home with you. <laughs> but I love your question of like, what creates stress and how you, how you actually define it, I feel mm. like is expectations for outcome. 
because you were saying how you got the most done on a day where you had no expectation for an outcome like you were just relaxing and just enjoying the holiday and then you got so much more done and as someone who's working from home right now I too experience like on Saturdays if I wanted to work on something I get so much more done because I don't have this like construct of like okay it's nine to five I gotta get this much done by noon this much done by this and it's it's a completely different way of operating out of rest and not out of outcome driven what a concept <laughs> i keep getting this visual of like a muscle and like a tense muscle can't do a lot it's when you've mm -hmm. relaxed you can actually do shit <laughs> okay so in my notes for before this podcast i literally wrote down muscles that are at rest can handle more resistance they can do more weight training and that's exactly the thought I had about like, more you push out of life, the, the less you'll get out of it. Like the less it'll actually grow you and strengthen you. So we are on the same wavelength. Even just like reflecting back to like what this, what, what my aspirations or what I thought this year would look like for me. And it's nowhere near, but it's also like I grieve parts of it, but I don't grieve all of it. Like I, there's also mm. a level of gratitude that's in, in here. And it's, and I feel like it's, I feel like that's almost part of my grief process of, of the gratitude of, you know, yes, these things were, you know, this was many parts of this year were dumpster fire, um, but well, and there are so many wonderful things that have happened and there's a, you know, uh, lots of voices were heard. Um, you know, I've come to terms with so many parts of myself that I never, that I just never considered. I think parts of myself that I had neglected, I should say. Um, and I'm like, that, that should be celebrated and that should be like, you know, and that's, mm. that, those things are like, truly those parts of myself that I'm like, you know, I would never have experienced this if I had stuck to my, stuck to my original plan of, you know, doing this or that and the other. Um, it's almost like healing self on that wound and just like allowing it to heal. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really beautiful and kind of like a, kind of like a cinematic type of way. <laughs> That does feel very cinematic, the way you just gave room for gratitude. I feel like even this entire room, this entire conversation, I feel like just lightened up and just became this, ah, oh, like this exhale. And that I feel like is the right kind of exhale when you breathe in pain and breathe, but, but breathe out gratitude. There's something so healing about that. And so something so yin yang about grief and gratitude. I just felt it in this conversation and it settled on me right. It settled on me more right than all the holiday commercials and all the buzz. That settled, this conversation around gratitude really settles correctly for me. And I'm sure it will for anybody else that's listening to this. So I'm just like breathing in like gratitude. Um, for me personally, I love that you brought that to like what 2020 has been for you. And there are pieces of gratitude. For me, I, I feel like I'm making up on a lot of lost time with my family having moved to New York uh, like five years ago and having only seen my family probably like once or twice a year. This year I've spent more time with them than I have in like the last five years. 
Mm. And there's something about that that is unnerving. (laughs) 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 Then also so much about that that is like, wow, my parents are getting older and I'm so grateful to be able to spend the in-between moments with them, the moments where we're not trying so hard to visit together that everything is actually really, really chaotic and stressful. Something so beautiful about that and, and easing through time. So I, I am really grateful. And I think that in the midst of so much pain, there, there is still a lot that we could be grateful for if we looked for it. And I think that's the right kind of energy versus toxic positivity and trying to strive <laughs> to get to 2021 and normal me would be like such an achiever and be like oh look how fast i can get to 2021 and set all my goals <laughs> set all my goals but not this year baby not this year i'm like i'm gonna be lucky if i do one thing make one craft <laughs> <laughs> and well i will put a disclaimer for for people that are listening that this is a process. Like I did mm-hmm. not just arrive. It comes from work. It comes from really examining the feelings that come into your body, into your mind and be like, hmm, what is the root of this emotion? Like, why do I feel these things? And truly like ask why until you reach an answer that you did not want to reach. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a challenge. <laughs> A good one. Well, all right. <laughs> Thank you, Evelyn, for joining today's chapter on grief and toxic positivity. And where can the people find you on social media? So my Instagram is evstets, E-V-S-T-E-T-Z. And I am currently posting a lot of things about getting engaged so sorry but I'm also (laughs) writing a bit more for this magazine I work at called Iridescent Women and it's just a really great community for women supporting women and having tough conversations that are impactful and important so if you're interested in any some nuanced conversation around uh, grief or growth I'm going to be writing about that uh, pretty soon here actually so we'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much Evelyn yes go get connected with Evelyn on social media Um, I love the work that she's been doing with Iridescent Women. And you can get connected with the podcast on social media as well. (laughs) On Instagram at Sanctum Podcasts and me at Stephen Sharp Jr. Um, And if you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you enjoyed last week's conversation as well, please hit that subscribe button. It really helps. And yeah, I will see you on the next one. I'll never forget one time I, I like flipped my hair to the other side in this photo shoot I did with my now fiance like three years ago. And you commented, we're here for this hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like so self-conscious about it because I always flip it to one side and I had it flipped to the other. I was like, you know, I'm never going to be self-conscious about that again. <laughs> I don't remember this photo, but I absolutely co-signed whatever I said. <laughs> No regret.